myself I might not take it anymore Take a woman like you Lebowski Deepcast. Oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of the Big Lebowski. It allows life to exist in the bleak, black emptiness of space. Providing insight. I don't know if she said that. <laughs> Maybe Saint Sneaker comes and like puts little trinkets in the commentary. He found himself in a world turned upside down. <laughs> Flare, 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 flare. And conjecture. It looks like the pool is empty. They shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pickup. And now, gutter balls. All right. I prefer a wooga. See now, (laughs) I've been trying to come up with a like a shout out, like a Geronimo. You know, a wooga. Now that's a good one. So, Brad, I'd like to say hello to you. How are you, Brad? Hello, Adam. I'm fine. How are you? I'm so great. Do you know why? I, I have some ideas, but why, why enlighten me. First of all, the malaise from uh, Vacation Drome 2013 is gone, I think. That's so, good to hear. No, that's good to hear. That's the first bit of good news. The second bit is... I'm actually a little nervous because we have on this program right now a filmmaker, Brad. A filmmaker. A, a maker of films. Dude. His name's That's... Simon. Hi, Simon. Hi, Simon. Hey, guys. This is definitely intimidating because oh, you're totally going to take us to, uh, to school here. So we'll be over here in the corner. You go. We'll see you in ninety-seven minutes. Oh man, this this is so great. I'm. I, this is my first podcast. Did you know that? Like ever? I've never actually been on or recorded a podcast. I listen to them constantly, but uh, yours included. But I've never actually done one. So that's that seems insanely. False, somehow. It, it's true. I've always wanted, and I, I talk a good game about, oh, hey, I'm going to do a podcast about something. Right. And nothing. Doesn't happen. It's a lot of, it's a lot of logistics. You got to, you know, the people and the idea. The, the recording of it, which yes. we have messed up <laughs> too many times and to you count. Guys, you guys... You don't, you don't edit for content, do you? You just go. You go. Right? Pretty much just going. Yeah. I mean, it would have to be pretty egregious (laughs) and even then why don't right yeah never never leave it never cut sometimes Uh, sometimes i'll be thinking to myself well that's coming out i'm not putting that up there i I just leave it yeah by the time you get there it's like oh that's work man yeah that's part of the character that's what that's what the that's what the people are tuning in for that's right well it's usually times when i just seem stupid (laughs) <laughs> well, but then that creates opportunities for follow-up later. See, this is the thing. You guys, there's there's so much follow-up in this movie. But there's uh, also, that would make the episodes like five minutes long. But oh, right. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> and yeah, so, keeping yeah. it to an hour. Keeping it to an hour, hour and a half is, is a noble thing. 
Right. Definitely no more than 100 minutes. 100, oh, right. Cause 110 you, at the most. Because then you can't download it over, uh, over uh, 3G. And you get like the 50 meg limit. See? That's mm. why you're on the show. See? That's why I get paid the big bucks. Yes. Well, talking about um, covering things or revisiting, I guess we have some revisiting to do, Brad. We always do. We always. It's actually the best part. Do. Usually, it's like you have to wait for the next week to hear the real commentary on the previous minute. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what the first episode was about. It was pretty much about the Universal logo and which That's countries right. we see. So it was a really cool episode. It's actually pretty epic. Well, and you even broke down the different uh, eras of Universal logo, which you know, and how they how the globalization you know, you know changed it's, that. It's all been downhill since episode one, really. Uh, I don't know. I yeah, uh, I've, I've been keeping up, but I admit, um, the only way I was able to catch up to the present was to listen to them at double speed. So you guys seem really slow to me right now. That's that's you know that's a thing I've heard people doing that. Just, I, I usually don't, but if you get a you know if there's a whole lot of stuff you want to listen to, then uh, like for example, uh, you know, twenty episodes of uh, twenty episodes of a podcast in a couple of weeks, then uh, yeah, I was gonna say because you said you were <laughs> I asked you what episode you were on. You're like the Jesus Jesus. It's like you were caught up pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I was I, like, "How did you do that?" Well, every time, well, I, I don't. Uh, I, I listen to pretty much any time I'm in the car. I'm listening to something, and all my other podcasts are on hold right now. So I'm telling well, you, I'm that's uh, that's. <laughs> so I don't how, even know. So, do you have a long commute? No, or is it not, a short commute. Well, you know, I take my kid to school, but now it's summer, so I've ju- I've just been, yeah. uh, you know, I'll cook. Whenever I'm cooking or uh, doing uh, house house repairs, I've got the I've got you guys going on in the background, just cranking through, and finally uh, finished. I can't remember the title of the one after the Jesus, but um, where uh, they talk about the pederasty. That, that creep can roll, man. Uh, yep. So what you're saying down. is your kid is now an expert on the Big Lebowski. <laughs> Well, he really wants to watch it, but uh, of course I won't, I won't let him. But uh, I'll I'll let him listen to this episode and see this clip because this is a this is although a highly sexually charged clip. It's uh, this this particular minute. It's so abstract. It it reads as just bowling. So it's it's cool. Right. Well, m- remember when uh, you were a little taken aback, Brad, when I mentioned that I let my daughter watch Twin Peaks. Yeah, <laughs> I do remember that. All right, I was just seeing if you remembered that. That's that's all. I'm not yeah, sure I, if I should. It's one of those times where maybe I'm editing myself. Well, was, she, was she freaked out at all about it? Uh, it freaked me out. I, I had trouble with that show. She was. She was a little bit, yeah. But it was no worse than when I let her watch John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, yeah. So, or when I... Let her watch the Big Lebowski. <laughs> I'm just a terrible, terrible, awful parent. Mm. But yeah, so there you go. Yeah, well, she's a, she's in an Asia. If it's if it's really egregious, she's not even gonna just just gonna let it fly. Well, except Pretty, for the except for all the naked stuff with Julianne Moore. But yeah, and the uh, lady at the uh, party, Jackie Tree. What whatever oh, right. you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, 
Well, a naked pair of breasts is one thing. Log jamming <laughs> is another. Funny LaJoya, Carl Hungus. Carl Hungus. That he fixes the cable. It's yeah. a big deal. It's true. Yeah, it's, much. it's an instructional video. It's really not a big deal. Or hand-drawn cartoons a, of boners. Yes. Sex can be a zesty, zesty healthy enterprise. <laughs> However, there are those that engage in it without love or joy. Our mutual acquaintance, Bunny. Oh, man. Uh, ceteriasis and men. Nymphomanian women. Yep. We've all been there. We've all been there, Brad. But so I wanted to, this the handwriting on the tape, the Venice Beach Ooh. League oh. Championship. Yes. And Bob, it's all caps block uh, typeface. And when he writes his check, he writes out Ralph in a very cursive sort of scribble. So maybe oh, wow. he borrowed this from somebody because that's not or his handwriting. Well, I mean, Ralph was what Ralph's was written in cursive, right? When you write a check, you generally write it like that. I only write in all cap block letters. I don't do anything else. It was a wake up call one day. I had written myself a note and I couldn't read it, and it mm. infuriated me. I'm like, I'm just not doing it anymore. All caps block letters. That's it. Well, maybe this. Uh... Maybe this tape is actually, you know, kind of like, you know how uh, deadheads sort of trade. They circulate them. Yeah, they circulate the circulate the recordings of of the dead, or yeah. uh, I guess fish don't they don't do that with fish. But uh, but back in the day, you know, you could go to a, a given head shop in uh, Central Pennsylvania or something, and and there's a rack of them. You can right. tra trade them, and maybe this is not something that he wrote. Because actually, well, you know, this this sort of loopy. This could be. It looks sort of like a, a maybe a. I don't want to essentialize, but maybe it's women's handwriting. Now, the only problem with this theory is that half of it is bowling and half of it is, it is Bob. Bob. <laughs> so it's like that's a really niche little demographic you're targeting there <laughs> you have to be intensely insanely dedicated bowlers and a big fan of dylan and there's a whole subculture revolving around that or maybe it's a different classic rock act on side b every time maybe it's a twin peaks reference could be mm. maybe it's angelo badalamenti once I mean, in a do while you, do you think the dude was at the venice beach league playoffs in 1987 and recorded this himself I mean, I think the whole tape trading theory has a lot of weight to it, you know, if you think of it that way. Hmm. But granted, I, I can't really explain how Bob gets on the other side. Because <laughs> you wouldn't tape over the last half of the Venice Beach League playoffs. But if you, know? you went to see Bob at a live show and you were going to record it, but you didn't have any tape except for this other side. Or maybe it is, you know, like you said, it is like this niche type of thing where, you know, there's some other person like the dude somewhere that recorded this Venice Beach League playoff. Also, you know, bootleg Bob Dylan onto the other side. I think and, Smokey, and 
I think Smokey did it, and he lent it to the dude. I think that's Smokey's handwriting. That looks like, hmm. if I was to imagine what Smokey's handwriting, you know, what a pacifist's handwriting would look like, it would kind of look like that. Isn't that it? God, he is a pacifist. The way he loops his O like that. Hmm. Hmm. Mystery solved. All right, move on to the next one. Smokey's tape. We can cl close the case on that one. Close it. Boom. Yep. There's a. I wrote this. And I almost don't remember what it means. Funny connecting brown noise. And I want to say right between these two minutes. There's a, or I mean between the two scenes from the bowling alley to his apartment. Mm. There's some brown noise, and you really got to crank it. Year olds, dude. I can't even hear it now. We're gonna have to table that one. I'm not sure what that was. I don't know. I I didn't hear it, but might be my might be my headphones. Could be. Let's go back even further. Then, so we have a filmmaker on the show, a maker of films. Our what was it? our what first our uh, first episode episode one. Mm -hmm. There's the opening shot. Um, there's two things here. There's so first there's sort of a lighting effect and a, on this tracking shot uh, over the scrub over the scrub and we're following this tumbleweed. It goes from daytime to nighttime. And it's fully night as the tumbleweed gets to the edge of the cliff and drops over. So two things about that. Number one, um, do you think that's a sound stage? Hmm. I don't. I don't think it's a sound stage, but I might be naive in that respect. I I think that. Uh, I think that that's actually just behind a shadow. I really, I don't, you know what? Honestly, it, it could be a sound stage. That is hard to tell. I agree. Cause it, it's, you're right. It's not as it goes. It's not time-lapse. That's for sure. It's not like one of those, uh, crazy motion control rigs. Right. So, so it's not time-lapse and it's definitely, um, it's not like it's behind a uh, behind a mountain or something. I think right. It's, I think it's, it's up on a mountain. Yeah, it's even. on a mountain, and there's nothing. Like at first, it seems like the uh, you know it's at sunset, and and then we're kind of moving into the shadow of maybe a larger mountain. But the um, but it, it's so much more than that. If it were if it were just sunset, it would be magic hour right now, and the whole thing would still be all golden and gorgeous. So maybe, uh, maybe it is a soundstage. Because if you look at when the tumbleweed actually goes over the cliff, right? There's something off about now, that, and the camera moves up, and the right. the parallax is a little off, and the like the focus is a little just off, like the the bushes and stuff are a little too sharp against the background. And well, it the moves. backgrounds, it's totally, it's totally a composite job. Yes. No question about it. But so okay, hold on here. For for, uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Composite shot. So you're saying 
that, that, that was shot, like a like like that was tell me f- this is an effects shot right the um and and it took me i honestly didn't think about it um until you guys brought it up and and adam mentioned that hey this totally is a green screen or a blue screen and you know even watching it a couple more times i'm like well you know, maybe not. They, I could see, I could see them uh, timing this in, in in a way that that it's real. But it's definitely a shot where they filmed the tumbleweed shot either on a uh, on a fortuitously placed hill uh, somewhere or in a soundstage that was big enough to um, to have that uh, to to you know set up a, a scrubby brush hill and then have it uh and have it drastically cut off and then the background the 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 over the overhead of la that is a totally different shot from filmed differently at a different time that's composited behind the brush and and what you say that because just because of like the difference in exposure or because the like just the border looks off that well a couple reasons one is you can um I do a fair bit. Now, so first of all, keep in mind. So the film was made in '98. So this is like, you know, digital digital effects were you know common, but not necessarily something that you know every filmmaker would would do in a in any given dramatic feature like The Big Lebowski. Certainly not in any previous um, Coen Brothers films. And the execution wasn't as spot on as it is now i think well right i mean this is this came out um this is before and forgive me for bringing it up in this uh show but uh the star wars prequels this is the, before the first one where there was a whole lot of really um you know for however awful the films were um there was a lot of really uh impressive technological refinement in those films yeah uh, especially with blue screening and stuff like that because there's you know there's nothing but blue screening in those right films. um but the technology was there already and this um this looks to me like um like something that they blue screen for a couple reasons you can if you frame through the 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 um the crane up as as the brush falls away and, and the background sort of moves into view um, the way that the um, the way that the foreground moves laterally, left to right, kind of just a little bit of a jitter, not much. Um, it moves in a different way than the background does, which you could, it does. You could expect that because it's obviously you know miles and miles away, but it's um. There's a it, pan. There's a slight pan just a as tiny that. Tiny little bit. I never noticed that before. Tiny little bit, and it's just huh. enough that if you watch it and you don't know, it just feels a little off. It feels like uh, you know, like a guitar is out of tune. It's like it, you know what it's supposed to be doing, but it just feels a little off. But there is there is incontrovertible proof that this is a blue screen shot, or a comp- or at the very least a composite shot in some other way, because. If you match this up, the shot of L.A. behind the um, uh, behind the brush, if you look at it, and then you look at the scene, the first dream sequence that we're dealing with today on this podcast, they are the same shot. 
that the the background, the angle, the time of day, what uh, what is available in you know what can you see in the mountains on the background of those lights? It's the same. It's behind the dude when he's yep. floating. That's the dude's background. Yep. That's you're right. And that's that's what did it for me. Then I'm like, oh, that it absolutely is it. So. And when, that is quite a find. So when he when um, when the when the dude flies past um, during the dream sequence, you can uh, it's 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 I think that it's probably pushed in a little bit optically. Yeah, uh, because it's a little grainier. Um, they probably timed uh, you know adjusted the color timing a little bit so it's a little darker. Um, just to change it up a little bit, probably. Yeah, yeah, you know, and also there, there's there's optical, optical printing craziness all over the place in this movie, and that would be a pretty easy one to do. Um, but if it's not if it's not the same shot, then it's from the same role where they, you know, they they rented the helicopter, they right. got, They got the rig out, and they're like, hey, let's it's this is a good night to shoot. Do it. Helicopter time. Oh so, yeah, yeah. Best part of the movie, probably going up in the helicopter over L.A. You think they went? Stuff. You think they went themselves, or they sent like a second unit? Well, second unit, but whoever the DP probably went on that. I'm talking more about the DP than Joel and Ethan. Right, right. He was like, "Yeah, I'm going up in that helicopter." One. Yeah, I've never been up. Me neither. I'm, I'd love to do it. So I want to go back to something you said real quick. You said, you know, composite I, job. I, before you go on, I just have to say because <laughs> I'm looking at the sh- two shots together right now. I finally got them. Both of them framed up here on my computer, and I am flabbergasted. It's exactly the same shot. Uh-huh. It's the same. It's the same. Yeah, it's the same thing. And they're and just like, yeah. I here we are, tw- like thirty episodes later, mystery well, is solved. Well, this is from now on. We just have to. Whenever we have a question, we just need to call Simon. Get up. Simon on the horn. <laughs> Get him on the horn. Took me it a while ha- to find it, though. This is it's it's you know it's it's like the. Um, it's like the flopped shots in the bowling alley. It's right. like, like any number of things. They, you know, the Cone brothers are willing to pull out any trick that is available to them to just get it done and not make a big freaking deal out of it. You know, and it's, it's like, in plain sight right here and you don't even notice it. Yep. It doesn't matter. That's their genius. You know, it's not like, yeah, they're great. Right. All of it. Like they do it all really good. But to me, that's their genius is knowing when something like this, they're reusing a shot. They know it's going to work or like the flop shot. They know it's going to work. I would never choose to do that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's a because that's that's a multi-step thing, right? To flop a shot. It's like, well, I mean, back then it was. You would have to like print it, you know, reprint it in reverse or you know because yeah, you can't just flip it because it'll be out of focus with the other shots. Although I'm assuming they cut it on like an Avid or something. So probably, probably a digital flip, but you have you have backwards writing in your movie. Yeah. I mean, that's easy to fix now, but hey, why? Yeah. It didn't matter. It's just them knowing when it when shit like that matters and when it doesn't. Well, I think, yeah, I think what matters is really a huge lesson from all this, right? Because you could say, like, oh, there's the writing is backwards. Like, you can't put that in a movie in a Hollywood That is unacceptable. What are they, they, fucking amateurs? But no, like, that's not important. What's more important is kind of like the way this ball moved. Right. Right. The subtle movement to the right as opposed to the left. 
which is intangible almost. And it just, they know that the movement of the ball gives you that, like you said, Simon, the guitar being in tune. Hmm, mm, that's in tune. Hmm. You can totally, you can see another director. You can imagine, like, you know, James Cameron's Big Lebowski. And, you know, <laughs> he you would can, not you can have backwards right. Like, well, we clearly have to tear down the bowling alley to, <laughs> to get. To get this angle right, <laughs> to get the to get the name medallion in the right place. Well, well, he'd spend seven years on R and D for like a camera that goes inside the bowling ball and levitates <laughs> along the floor. <laughs> and then yep. he's like, "Now we can do it. We can finally, <laughs> finally shoot this my movie. Vision is, my vision can be completed. The technology is caught up with us with my vision." <laughs> We shouldn't call him out. He might be listening. Oh, yeah, no, he might be. And I, and I and I have to say, you know, there's there are a few movies as awesome as uh as Terminator. And, Amen. And so that's hey. right. Hey, he he does many many things very well. Absolutely. He like, dives um, to the bottom of the ocean. I really know. Well. Cover of National <laughs> Geographic right now. Man, that's crazy. Mm. You but you said um. Going back now, composite job. Okay. You said blue or green screen, which I understand. Um, but just then you also mentioned that maybe they shot this at like some sort of perfectly, like logistically perfect hill that they found if it wasn't right. a soundstage. Right. But how would they combine those two shots if the background wasn't green or blue? Well, it would take some time. But what you would do now, and actually you would have done this back then too, is um, you would have cut out the background and replaced it. You could have used uh, a rotoscoping program or a composite program called Adobe After Effects, or back then you could have used, I don't know what you would have used back then besides that. Mm. Scissors? Maybe. Oh, yeah, no, you know, what would you have done back then? Oh, man. I guess you could have hand-painted it. What a miserable job that is. Can you imagine? Ugh. Frame by frame. Mm, somebody has to do it. But yeah, you can, it, it, it's possible, but honestly, unlikely, because if you look at the way, uh, at the edge there, it's like, the, it's a nightmare uh, compositing edge. It's like all brush. Oh, it's all brush, like little strands. It's like, I, I shudder at the thought of having to do that now. Like, you could do it, but it would suck. That would be a weeks of just, just annoying work. Whereas if you have a solid green or blue background behind the brush, mm -hmm. that makes it a lot easier. Much, much easier. Yeah, you shoot it in a, on a big stage where you have the, have the, um, have the hill set up and have the lights set up so that you can um, uh, change the lighting grid, which I think is what we're seeing here, where the where the where the lights you know kind of ramp down and simulate sunset, and then behind all that stuff is just a humongous wall that's just a, a perfect obscene uh, blue or green, and hmm. then you just take it out uh, in the computer and replace it with. Um, replace it with the background that that's pretty easy so we're we're all in on soundstage then i think this is what i'm hearing brad are you on board i'm maybe a little reluctant to get on board <laughs> i know you're reluctant but that doesn't mean you're not on board i does well i haven't actually stepped on board yet the but the bus may just leave without me 
I, you know, I, I'm aware of that. It's really hard for me. I mean... Are you killing a baby right now? A little bit? Are you killing one of your babies? One of your emotional it, babies? It's not an emotional baby. It's just still... I don't know. I don't know what it is, really. But I mean, the fact that this whole thing, there was all this trickery going on of making it a fake pill. <laughs> or this shot, like... It, <laughs> There's something about it that just doesn't it like it doesn't pass the smell test, right? <laughs> well, but the, like the, next uh, you're gonna say like, well, there was actually no bowling alley. The entire thing was just CGI in. But even though the proof is here, I'm hearing the proof, and I don't really have any refutation of it. Nobody said making movies was easy, Brad. It doesn't happen in two days. You know, think about the dance number with all the women dancing around with the bowling pins mm -hmm. on their head. You know, how long did that take? Right. But that's obvious. You can see that, right? Like, everyone... Are you saying you should see special effects, Brad? If you see a special effect, the visual effects artist hasn't done their job. Mm. I'm trying to see in the credits where... No, I shouldn't look forward, but... Oftentimes they'll say where it was filmed, hmm. soundstage-wise, and I, I can't find anything. That wouldn't help us, because they shot other stuff there, not just this, you right? You know what they could have done is they might have found, they might have found a fortuitous hill and and just gotten a humongous uh, Green screen cloth. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, that's that's actually... Now that now that I say that, that would be a lot easier than trying to construct a, a hill on the stage. It'd How would they have like but, mounted that cloth? Oh, I mean, I guess they could have done it. You can get some pretty humongous, pretty humongous cloth and trusses and big rigs with you know they have legions of of interns and gaffers and grips and people to make that work yeah it's, actually that's that you know now that i say that that they would have been nuts to try to build that the stage because that would have cost a fortune right for well though it is the first shot of the movie but then how do they change what about the lights then well then to do the lights then what they would have done is they would have done it at night right and so they would have done it at night and then at the beginning they would have added a couple of big lights to simulate the sunset and just dim those down that makes more sense I'm sticking with soundstage. <laughs> because that sounds like a nightmare. It's like, then you're, it's almost like you're building a soundstage, but out in the middle of nowhere. Well, just do it in the soundstage. Puts, this isn't that. You know, you got some dirt and some bushes. Oh, but the, the rental. I mean, the rental yeah. is soundstage, you know? Chop, chop, guys. Put it together. You got one day. <laughs> and the look, I mean, this is not a really flat... Uh, Flat surface. It's very um They undulate it a little bit. It's a little undulating. Professionally done. It's very so mm, mm. So we're half solved. Half solved. I mean it's definitely whatever how wherever they did the front, the background is definitely the uh a different place. Yep. Yep. I like it. I like it a lot. Did you see I know that um Brad sent me this link here and I thought you read XKCD. Oh, yeah. The, did you see this one recently? Which about one? the moon? And the, uh, the earth, you know, the classic thing where if you take the earth and you shrink it down to the size of a billiard ball, 
like a cue ball, um, the earth would actually be smoother than the oh, cue ball. Oh, right, yeah, 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 I did see that. So then somebody asked, what would, what would a, what a billiard ball look like if you blew it up to the size of the earth then? Right. It'd be very lumpy. Very lumpy. And was it, was it you guys that were talking about the, uh, about the, the bowling ball scanners? Bowling ball scanners. That was. Or did I, or did I find that? I think you found that. So this is, I mean, this isn't the XKCD like regular. This is the what the, if. Yeah, the, yeah, what, the if, what if, which is even better. I think. Right. Yeah. I like it better. Yeah, no, there are bowling ball scanners, like a laser scanner where you can take your ball and you go and you get it scanned to see where, um, where the where where the lumpy parts are that need to be kind of smoothed out. Getting a tune up, you're mm-hmm. gonna tune up for your bowling ball. Yep. Huh. There, there are people. I mean, this is a this is scientific. I mean, bowling's come a long way since the. Salad days of the early 80s, <laughs> I guess. I wouldn't really know because I've only been once since the early 80s, but... Yeah, not, not, not e- even, even as much as I love this movie, I, I still don't really bowl. Like once every two years. Like, oh. Yeah, it's like, like kids... Bir- the alert goes off. It's like, ah, oh, damn it. Some, Time to some go bowling. kids having a birthday party, you bring right. your kid and there you are. So you might right. as well. Find, your... find a lane that doesn't have the inflatable things in the gutters. Right. Or maybe use one of those lanes. <laughs> With the little ramp. Although now they don't, they don't even have, they don't need those uh, stupid inflatable things in the gutters now because most bowling alleys are built with, you know, rails that come out and you just pop the rails up so that, uh, so the kids don't get all gutter balls because I I'm betting that they make all their money on kids' birthday parties. Thanks for the uh, gratuitous show title reference. Oh, was, I did, I, hey, how about that? Nice, you just had nicely a done. Line for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh shit! So this what yeah. if episode or this what if post from uh, XKCD? XKCD Randall. Monroe, I believe, mm. is the gentleman's name. Yes. So if you took a bowling ball and. Yeah. So he turned on his head said, what happened if you would blow a bowling ball up to the size of the earth? Oh, and this is where the digitally scanning right. came from. OK, yeah. so I did get it from that. OK. Yeah, 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 exactly. And he said, well, luckily, there's people that digitally scan <laughs> right. bowling ball surfaces. <laughs> and, um, you know, along with those measurements, you know, actually the uh, bowling ball is uh, much, much smoother than the Earth. Incredibly, incredibly much smoother. Like, the variance would be, like, on a smooth ball, bowling ball between 5 and 10 meters. Those would be the tallest mountains. So the tallest wow. mountains would be, like, 10 meters. And then on a rough bowling ball, they'd be up to, like, 200 meters, which is still less than the, uh, like, Eiffel Tower, which is 324 meters. Right. 200 meters tall, two kilometers apart. But then he goes on to discuss more, like, you know, um, more characteristics of this world. And he call he names the world Lebowski. <laughs> so there's the tie-in. Well, not that we needed an extra tie-in, but yes. Everything ties in. It all does. It all loops back. Yes. 
For starters, bowling balls are a lot less dense than rocks, so Lebowski's surface gravity would be a quarter the strength of Earth's. Oh. And it would have no atmosphere at first. Well, I guess it would accumulate it. The finger holes would be about a thousand kilometers across and a few thousand (laughs) kilometers deep. He's got a little illustration. The finger hole is like the size of Texas. It's off the (laughs) eastern seaboard. (laughs) It like caves in on itself. It caves in and creates, yeah, (laughs) three giant scars in its the planet's surface, which oddly looks similar to the Sea of Tranquility, Sea of Serenity, and Sea of Crisis on the moon. Right. Yeah, and now we'll never, every time he sees we'll the moon, never it's like unsee that. finger holes. <laughs> but he closes it out with the best, probably. We'll get your opinion on this, but the most quoted line from the movie. Mm. But that's just like my opinion, man. I think that probably is the most quoted, at least by me. Definitely by me. Uh, me three. So, although my family's gonna kill me, I've been singing. Uh, Man and uh, me. Man and me all week. It's just... <laughs> it's a devil. It's yeah, a precocious yeah, yeah, little yeah. devil. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go away easily. And I hadn't heard it before I saw this movie. I don't And there's like almost nothing else on that album, really, except for yeah. uh, if not for you. But so problem solved. We're we're just knocking things out all over the place. Bam, bam. Strikes. Yeah. We're throwing rocks tonight, people. <laughs> um revisiting. Oh, here, I can't, okay, this is something, I'm just gonna say it straight out, Okay. this is going back to last minute now, Mm. the Jesus comes over and has his little confrontation, not even interaction with our triumvirate here, right, they were never on set together, what, really, oh, they're all really good actors, watch it. The scrub through it, they, they, which, how do you not notice this? Watching it so many times, they're never in the same shot with each other. And that's why they had to do that little bit of trickery coming around the oh, finger and cut. Right. They, oh, they, uh, that would have been really hard to do anyway. But Well, right. Oh, look but, at that. Yeah. They're all pretty first-rate actors, though. I'm not... Man, you know? What about the next shot, like the toward the end where the Jesus is in it again? Are they ever together in that shot, I wonder? Negative. And I, you checked what? that out? I have checked it out. Oh, wait, you're talking about the next scene or One. the last shot here? I'm talking about the next scene at about a minute and 40 into the film. Hour 40 in? I don't know. I didn't check that one. I accessed my memory banks, uh, <laughs> faulty as that may be, and it seemed to be, to my memory at least, that no, they were not together. I did not confirm that. So the whole scene where they're talking, they're not, they're not together at all. They're not together. Wow. You never see them together. I'm looking at that scene at an hour and forty. Yeah, I'm looking at it too. It doesn't look like they're ever together. Which, I mean, that's incredible, right? Hmm. Well. Well, that's the thing. Well, like, for example, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Khan has no scene with William Shatner in the entire movie. 
For reals? Like, there's because they're in two different You're ships. Right. I mean, they have scenes where they talk on the view screen. They never had a single day on set together. Pretty much, except for the scene with Chekhov, he had no scene with anybody. Right, except, except, his for, little people. except for his guys. That's right. Yeah. Wow. The whole thing. I mean, mm. see, that was back then hardcore Star Trek, right? We don't need the characters to ever actually meet. Hmm. Shoot the whole thing on this little set for, of a bridge, of a starship bridge, and that's it. That's okay. how you make Star Trek, man. Hey, don't get Let mad at me. sell out, have the characters actually meet and touch each other. And what has to be more visceral. Don't be mad at me. I watched for the first time last night because I, I don't remember what it's called. But it's um, like the pilot, maybe. But it's recut with the black and white footage and the color footage. I'm talking about oh. the pilot for Star Trek, the original series with yeah Pike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is in, but it's the, uh, like the Menagerie. Sure, I don't remember. Well, the, Maybe. Well, so there's the Menagerie. It's episode is, zero, which mm-hmm. was the they took footage from the pilot and reused that to make the Menagerie. Someone oh, right, of that original right. pilot. The original pilot was called the Cage. And yes, that is available. Like, like sometime, like in the '90s, like you know, Star Trek was at its height, and they made that. Like, oh, now you can see the original pilot. Yeah, and I think you're right. It was kind of cut black and white in color. And someone who may or may not have been Gene Roddenberry was there introducing it, because I I don't know what he looks like, but yeah, it was like black and white in color. But it was they just couldn't afford. To colorize all of it, or they didn't bother right. colorizing like all of it. That actually, the footage actually appeared in the the actual series later on in the Menagerie was color, and the rest of it was just like printed black and white. And I guess that's like all they had. Right, but there they just said screw it, and they just cut it all together, which is really weird to see a scene go from color to black and white, like. Pike looks over at Spock, you cut to Spock, and he's in black and white. But it's perfectly matched, other than the fact that it's black and white and not color. And they, they colorized it? And uh, here, so I'm glad you're here. It. I think it was just shot in color. But I guess, you know... He said they colorized it. And the reason the black and white wasn't colored, because it was color. too expensive to go and colorize everything. It's like, we're not going to colorize it they if we don't need sh- to use it. Really? They didn't shoot it in color in the first place? But here's my question. How on earth do they quote unquote colorize a black and white image in yeah. the like in the fifties, sixties? That doesn't sound it right. It would have been nineteen sixty six. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. What uh, what I bet I don't um, yeah, you go I think, so I'm officially talking out of my out of my ass now. But I think what you're gonna say you is what I'm gonna say. Are in good presence. Well <laughs> I what I bet is that they shot everything in color because they they would have. And I don't think that the technology to colorize was available to anybody outside of Ted Turner until the eighties. So the, um, so they would have shot in color, but they would have been working with and mixing with, uh, black and white slop prints and which were cheaper to print than doing color work prints. And then they would, then you cut the negative to make the last, you know, the final version of the show. But um, what happens a lot of times with film, uh, 
film preservation is now you're speaking as an expert now because and in all seriousness you are on a panel that decides what films to preserve aren't you uh you know i forgot yes i am i i'm i'm on the national film preservation board which um is a group that advises the library of congress to um on what what american films ought to be uh, preserved at all costs as part of American culture. So yeah, yeah, I do. So this is. So I think you're speaking more out of like your navel than your ass. Okay, you're right. So slightly higher up. Right. So, <laughs> so what I'm betting is that they. Ha- what probably happened is, and what was pretty common with film studios and with uh, and with television studios is that, I mean, this stuff was not intended to be kept. This was. Um, you know, they shot it, and then whatever they didn't use, they threw out. So the color, uh, original color negative, was almost certainly destroyed um, because they weren't gonna, they weren't gonna go back. It was never gonna be, you know, kept and archived or anything like that. So probably when they realized that they had a hit on their hands and they wanted to do something, probably the only thing they could find was this black and white slop print um, that they could clean up. And cut into the with the color. Well, that Gene Roddenberry is full of shit, man. Well, I, well, if Gene Roddenberry said that they didn't colorize it, that I mean, he may be right, but I, I honestly... no, they didn't colorize it. So here's what I'm confused about. So here, so here's what it's so on Wikipedia, right? It mentions this is what I was thinking happened that when they made the Menagerie, they took the original negative. Of the cage, mm-hmm. and they cut it up. Right, they recut it. So all that footage from the mana- from the cage, you know, they it, so the original version of the cage was in essence destroyed at that point. Right, it's gone. We made the menagerie. We cut up the cage. It's gone, never to be seen again. Right. There were, like you said, these black and white work prints out there, and that's all that really existed of the cage at that point right um but you know i could swear that i've seen this and i don't know i have weird memories i can kind of remember seeing it in black and white but i don't i don't know i felt like it was in color and what it says here in 1987 a film archivist found a reel in a hollywood film laboratory with the negative trims of the unused scenes ah Upon realizing what he had found, he arranged for the return of the footage to Roddenberry's company. Hmm. The cage was aired for its first time in its entirety and in full color in late November 1988. Okay. So they eventually found the negative. So it wasn't destroyed, it was just lost because... Yeah. Huh. Because it's easy to lose negatives. Cause so where, uh, where was yeah, this you made black and white stuff one coming from, though? Like, why was Adam's copy in black and white if it was aired in its entirety and in full color. What version was that from? I mean, if they cut it together in black and white earlier... This was on... I mean, you can access this. I think it's on Amazon streaming video. Hmm. And he's got his little little bits on there. You can hear him talk about it. I was cooking. I was in and out. That's what I thought I heard him say. I'm going to check this out. This is really interesting. It does say in Wikipedia, it mentions he found... In, in 1987, they found the color negatives, and it says, in some fan circles, this is disputed and allegedly, incorrectly, 
that the black and white 16 millimeter footage was simply colorized. Oh wait, they found that in 87? Uh, because this thing I watched, they put together in 86. Because well, I remember go. seeing the date and being like, 86? These are some shitty effects. I mean, Back to the Future <laughs> was a year ago. That doesn't look like shit. Why does this... You're Gene Roddenberry. Why are you like going into a... I don't know if it was Gene Roddenberry. I really don't. But he went up into like a fake, you know, transporter. But the it was just bad. Hmm. Just looked crappy. It looked like a, you know, like a NBC football broadcast from 1986, basically. Wow. You know, they'd have the score up there. It's this giant yellow block letters. Right. Oh, yeah, totally. And then they they put the... You know, you want to how much time is left in the quarter? Well, I don't fucking know because they they're not that sophisticated to have the score and the time. So what they would do is point a camera right, right. at and, the timer and, and then do a little PNP, yeah. <laughs> yes. do a little picture in picture to show. Oh. Yes, that wasn't that long ago, like twenty years ago. It well, maybe twenty five. They were ingenious. doing that. It was ingenious. I got a workaround, man. Now this is this is the one great uh, step forward with widescreen TVs is the ability to have the scores on the side and perpetually just always have it. Just it's always quite, there. It's quite nice. It is very nice. How so did we used to here's see some, anything? I'm doing I mean, some research here. Here's the answer no to, to this black and white <laughs> color question. Okay. It says there are two versions. So this is a, a reviewer from Amazon on this. So be advised, there are two versions of this video available, and this is not the one to buy. Paramount released this under the assumption that the only extant print of the original pilot was in black and white. And they combined it with the color footage used in the menagerie. A few years later, a color print surfaced and was released. For some reason, Paramount continues to market them both. Because they know truckers will just buy everything, right? I'm going to buy the one that has black and white mixed in with the color, sure. Why would you I'm not? both. You, you need to experience the entire spectrum. All right. So that was a mistake then. They just could, didn't find the uh, didn't find the negs. Yeah. They so, found so them. Both, yeah. So both versions are out there. Hmm. One that where some of the shots are black and white and one where it's entirely in color. Wow. Star yeah, I didn't, I didn't think they would have shot that in black and white. I mean, Slot it was made rate. for black and white televisions. Oh, I mean, I don't know, it's right color, on the border there. Yeah, color TV existed in the 60s. It existed. Well, that's what they actually attribute Star Trek staying on the air to. See, we're getting too oh. far off. It's <laughs> the fact that um, God this forbid. is what uh, Herbert... Uh, Lon? Frank Herbert? Herbert, uh, not Professor Dreyfus from the Clouseau franchise. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying. I want to say his name is Solo. That's the other guy. Anyway, one of the producers. Anyway, he, uh, let me just back up here. Herbert Humphrey. A lot of time. A lot is made about this. Oh, this letter writing campaign that kept Star Trek on the air. And one of the original producers of the show kind of says, "Well, that might have been like one factor, but really, the issue is the fact that while Star Trek's ratings were poor." It was the number one show among households with color televisions. Oh. So appealing to that demographic was important to them. And NBC made a big deal of how they are like the best network in color in all hmm. their marketing and advertising. So they, that's part of why they kept the show on, even though in the grand scheme of things, the ratings suffered. 
you had color televisions, you liked Star Trek a lot. Hmm. I don't know what that tells us, but interesting factoid. Well, it's, the point is, there's still a lot of stuff. So that was in, you know, Star Trek 66, 67, 68, you know, 65, when the original pilot was made. Again, it's like the Beatles in mono, right? Are you going to master this to black and white or to color? Ah, uh, right. Beach Boys, too. Hmm. You know, as, uh, as we were talking uh, about this, I, I, I looked something up, because I, I wasn't sure, to my shame. And uh, The Big Lebowski is not yet on the National Film Registry. Oh. It's actually on the list. Uh, there's a list at, their, at the Library of Congress website that is called Some Films Not Yet Named to the National Film Registry, and it's one of them. So right. let me get this straight. Just, 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 just. Okay. You're on this, this group of people who decide what films to preserve for all time. What American yet, films? What American films? American films. And yet, The Big Lebowski hasn't made the cut yet? Can you explain yourself? It's, you know, it, it has come up. Um, actually, in, in our discussions, um, because actually one of the Coen Brothers producers from Miller's Crossing and some of the earlier films is on the board also. What does that discussion go? How does that go? Well, it, um, I mean, first, the, that board doesn't, um, the board doesn't actually decide. The board... Dis- they give their recommendations, They give the right? recommendations to the librarian, and, and the librarian decides. But has the recommendation ever been given? Well, I think, for this one. And, and I don't, I don't remember that, um, that clearly. But there are other Coen Brothers films on the list, and there is always a concern about stacking the registry too heavily with any, any, oh, any given filmmaker. So, hmm. like, I'm sure, like, I'm pretty sure Fargo's on there. Fargo and Raising Arizona, and it's like you're cut off for a while. Well, right, right. Like, there's like one Wes Anderson film. There's right. One, yeah. So, and so that that does come up where where someone will ask, "Well, wait, do we have anybody? Do we have any John Demi films? Yes. Okay, right. Do we have any X, Y, or Z? So there, there's a fair bit of that. And then once, um, you know, once uh, what'll happen is by the time. By the time it comes around to talk about uh, Big Lebowski again, I'm betting that uh, No Country for Old Men will be eligible, and then that'll just everybody right. will talk about that, and everybody will forget. So uh, this is, it'll be a while. My prediction is it'll be a while before Lebowski makes it. That said, I, I will also say that the public, anybody, can nominate a film for the film registry. Anybody, <laughs> uh, if you you know you. Google the National Film Preservation Board, and anyone can nominate. And what happens is a lot of times there will be like a grassroots uh, surge to really, you know, to, to lobby for a given film. This happened with um, a League of Their Own and um, a couple other films, but that was one that really had just a huge number of people uh, who, who wanted it on there. And eventually, uh, you know, League of Their Own got on because it, it's, it's an important film. And, and, and there's always, and what happens is the people on the, on the registry get a list and, you know, cause we can also nominate anybody we want, but, um, we get this packet that says, okay, here's, here's a list of the films that every 
every American has nominated and how many people uh, voted for it. And so th- that goes into the discussions as well. Does, is there ever, so first of all, basically all it takes is Cohen's, <laughs> Cohen's already have two move on because you got your two and yet there's no Tony Scott movie or whatever. You can't have three Coens and no yeah. Tony Scotts. Well, but then you make the case, right? This is because there's about you know, there's about twenty people around the the table, and and then you know somebody goes to bat and says, "Well, hey, look, um, this this deserves extra extra consideration." And everybody does that. Everybody uh, everybody has their uh, couple of films that they feel particularly strongly about that year, and um, and some of them make. Some of them make sense. Some of them are a little weird, uh, but yeah, you know, it might be uh, it might be time for for uh, a Lebowski push. Lebowski probably seems weird to some people to even be considered. Oh, I on can't, there. I can't imagine. I, I would you be, know? I would be absolutely shocked if it actually. <laughs> because keep in mind the the guy who makes the call, um, you know, he's uh, he answers to Congress, and if Congress sees a list that has all kinds of pot smoking. Homo- <laughs> Pot smoking homosexual films, yeah, you name it. Then, then that's. I mean, they're still, they're still, uh, you know, gun shy from, uh, from the Maplethorpe exhibit, right? So they're. <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding. Wasn't that in the '80s? <laughs> yes, but you know what? It eviscerated the NEA, right? So that at any given moment, the uh, oh, you know Congress man. might say, "Hey, come come up the hill. We want to ask you a couple of things. What the hell's with this uh, this pot smoking movie?" Although oh uh, I, I do think Reefer Madness is on the on the registry. Well, that's a cautionary tale, though, and it's a fantastic work of cinema too. It's really hilarious. It is. <laughs> I, f- I I watched that finally like two three years ago. I had never seen it up to that point. So good. It really is. It's good stuff. <laughs> it knuckles white with tension, inner tension. Richard nice. Linklater's Slacker. Mm-hmm. The National Film Registry. Oh yeah, I that's... wouldn't have expected that. That just wow. got in 2012. Yeah. yeah, no, I remember. I remember the discussion around that because there's a lot more well younger folks on the registry board now, uh, the preservation board, and that was the there was pretty clear consensus that oh yeah, that's just a really important film. And again, it doesn't even matter if the film's good or not. It's is is it well, is, right? It's is, is it, it significant? Is it yeah. significant to American culture? And that one was a definite big yes. Because I don't even know if the Big Lebowski is my favorite Coen Brothers movie. I don't think it is really, but to me, it's the most watchable, and I think it's the most culturally significant at this point. Which maybe wasn't the case five, eight years after its release, but. 15 years on now, like it's pretty much permeated. Yep. Culture. It right. works. It works better. The older it gets for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's significant, not just, I think to the culture, but like personally, like I think to me, it is the most, the film that has the biggest impact on me personally. Oh yeah. If that makes any sense. Cohen, Cohen brothers movie. Yes. Cohen brothers. Movie. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's uh. Yeah, it was it was a little weird when it came out, as as I think is the case when a lot of people watch it. Well, and if I dare move on to actually discussing <laughs> this minute of film, that might be a good jumping off point to begin this episode. Sure. Um, <laughs> this dream sequence 
This is, Brad, the, fir- this is the first dream sequence, right? This yeah. is the... F- yeah. Yes. Unless I'm crazy. No, this is this is the one. This is this is the one. Yeah. Unless the whole movie is a dream sequence. <laughs> and we gotta go. This is going deeper. Brad, is this the second gut punch that you had talked about? No. No. Oh no. All right. I'm sorry. Did that come through? Well, yeah. Oh, I. No wait. Did what come through? Oh, nothing. Are Are you playing the movie? I, I was playing and I had the volume all the way up. Sorry. Yeah, I think you're yeah. just watching the movie back there. That's all right. We'll talk Did not for a while. Come through. Okay, good. Sorry. Um, it was it was the second gut punch for me. The first for me it was the Jesus and then the and then the uh, and then the dream sequence. The yeah, fir- and he's floating around. He's swimming. There's a flying carpet with which, mod with mod on it, which don't. You're, oh boy! Sometimes you just say things. So can I be maybe I the voice of dissent here? I don't like the dream sequence. Here's here here this first. One. No, you don't like this. I mean, I'm just talking like in terms of the film, the pacing, just or just you know even talking about before I mentioned like this has a personal effect on me. I think this him flying with the goofy. I I'm not into it. I know a lot of people are really into it, and I just am like, well. If they just skip this completely, like I wouldn't mind. I kn- well, th- uh, this is I'm starting to go there because for me this was the second gut punch. This first dream sequence. I didn't realize this was going to be a movie that had like minutes long montages of dream sequences. That was just, and I think that's part of the reason when I walked out of the theater the first time. After having watched it, I had that weird feeling like I just... These dream sequences in particular were, I think, the biggest reason why I just didn't understand what I had looked at. And it's probably why I didn't enjoy it that much. But as I watch it more, I've come to more than tolerate. I actually kind of enjoy them now. They're not my favorite. So I mean, I'm not totally in agreement with you. I don't hate them. I don't want them cut out. They have their place. They're not my favorite, though. Hmm. And I think it was, yeah, a big part of what put me off a little bit. Upon yeah. first viewing. But, I mean, something, you know, Simon, you said early on, I forget your exact phrase, something about the eroticism or sexual oh, yeah, this is, messaging this, here. This is a love scene. I don't necessarily... You know, I'm I'm not a a filmmaker, a maker, a maker of films, of films on the uh, you know National Film Preservation Board. So I don't necessarily. Not granted, all of us can I'm be so high. I'm accused of reading too deeply into things, but at the same time, I don't necessarily get that. I mean, I did reference before the holes in the bowling ball, mm-hmm. and I felt bad for saying that afterwards. When I heard that later, I was like, you know, that was really <laughs> crude. And unnecessary to say that. I was kind of embarrassed I said that here this whole on a, movie a national is, podcast. It's crude and unnecessary. Yeah. I, I think but but maybe there's something to that is what I'm hearing now. Oh, yeah. No, this is, it's a, now I'm no, I'm no theorist uh, or, or historian, but, um, but there's some pretty, uh, there's some pretty awesome Freudian stuff going on here. I mean, well, he, he, he narrows himself down to a rod and slips into the hole. Into the hole. And if you, 
if uh, I mean it's no train going into a mountain or anything, but that's it's pretty, pretty good. Close. It's pretty, pretty good close because it is in fact Maud rolling the ball. True, or and at least a Maud stand-in. They didn't bring her to the bowling alley. <laughs> I don't know. She's pretty method. I, I wouldn't be surprised if she. Uh... If they brought her all the way out there, <laughs> you better damn well be sure you see her face. Yeah, you know? I guess you're right. So yeah, that's she's, just she's a stand-in, upside, upside down and blurry. Right. Yeah, and in the distance. You're right. But I still. want it to be Julianne Moore, but it's not. That's a stand-in. I'm hijacking the thread. Continue. Well, no, but this is... Uh, the point is, it's definitely Mod, and Mod is... Mod controls the ball. <laughs> and, uh, and look, I, I, I don't... So I, she's on top, is what you're oh, saying. Oh, totally. I mean, <laughs> she's... Uh, you know, he thinks... She rolls right on top of him. He thinks he's in control. He's he's pursuing he's pursuing Maud on the rug, which I don't know what the rug means, but but it's pretty great. Well, it's his rug that she's stealing. Oh, of course, right, right. Which is what I was I was starting to like say something embarrassing, and I stopped myself. I just realized it's his rug. It's not I, just some flying carpet. I di- I didn't realize that. You're right. I can't believe you know? I missed that. God, duh. She steal. She just took his rug. Yep. That's her getting away with his rug flying away on it which makes her more desirable to him probably too right and she's just slipping away and then yep he's got the ball which he's happy to see at first it's like oh i like bowling balls and he has this and this 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 fantastic look of incredulity on him before before it plummets which is like that kind of look Yep. You know, if it was a cartoon, they'd make that sound. And this is, this is the dream ball. They have a dream ball for this movie. Oh. At 128, 122, You can see this ball makes another appearance. Look at that. And you don't see this, I can't say I looked at every single shot, but you don't see this ball with this design on it anywhere else. It's it's right. a dream ball only. Huh. And when uh, and when the ball uh, arrives on the scene in uh, in the bowling alley during the dream sequence, it's a black one. It's a black ball because it's but, not it's not his ball. Yeah. So this is like like when fantastical things are happening maybe or so, like you're out there up above because uh, once he comes back down into the semi-reality of the bowling alley it's it's looks like his own ball which is just black but you're right that is a little hole in my theory because it is still part of the dream sequence when he gets uh, rolled down the alley right slightly more grounded though but then, uh, you know, he thinks he's in control of the ball, and then it comes, a different ball is, yeah, this is, this is where the Freudian thing breaks down. I don't know what, where, what this is about. Although, I will point out the reflections are impeccable in this. They dulled that ball so you couldn't see too much. But it's very clear that it's, I mean, it's, um... I'm assuming that they, I mean, that's a CG ball. 
Oh wait, which one? Well, oh, you're talking about I'm, I'm talking the about second in, one. In yes. the, yeah, the black ball. Yeah, they right. got him in there. It's very nice. Yeah, that's, that's nicely a nice, done. Nicely done reflection. No, no mistakes. There's even lumps mm -mm. and scuffs on the ball. Yep. And he puts his, even the reflection of the dude. He puts his head down, just like yep. You know, point it towards the hole as it comes. Like, it's well yep. done. It's really well done. For as much shit as we gave him for their composite job, <laughs> this one's good. This one's good. And the uh, and then the um. The interior of the hole is uh, CG, but the rest of the the rolling effect. Yeah. Practical. Yep. Very, you know, simple. And the, uh, the shots in, uh, it's not flopped. Nope. And, and they just, uh, they just had it rigged to roll. They yep. They move it down the board and spin it. Although it does have kind of a non-bowling rhythm to it. Yeah. Which you can forgive, I guess, since it's a dream sequence. Yeah, that's okay. I'll... You don't expect hyper-realism for that, I right. guess. And then, yeah, you know, the one thing that always bothered me was the uh, the CG bowling pins, though. When they go flying off into space? They're just the texturing on them is... They're very is... smooth. Yeah, they're too, they're too smooth. The light doesn't feel right on them. Mm-mm. No scuffs, no scratches, no dents. And, but... <laughs> But it was 1998, right? That was an expensive shot to do. That was, and you know, we see digital pins later on during the uh, second <laughs> dream sequence. Yes. During so uh, either a they were reusing pins they'd already built, or two they just established that as a motif and said we're cool with it. They can look kind of fake there. <laughs> well you never see the pins like in a real context you know what I mean it's only against the black right right so it's almost like in some way excusable or even maybe I don't know if I say better but like it does fit more in with the pins in the other sequence and that it's just like a more abstract like kind of a thing so the and these Pins. So when he finally gets sent down the alley and he strikes the pins and they go flying off into the blackness, they did that digitally. Those are, you know, CGI pins, mm -hmm. and but they go into a shape, like a spread out shape. It's almost like a connect the dot oh. shape. Is that? Uh, I wasn't. I couldn't quite put my finger on what that was, but it reminded me of. The one shopping center, when the dude first enters the dream sequence, there's the firework, mm -hmm. which then melts into the city. And there's one shopping center in particular that kind of has the same shape that these pins end up in. Now, this goes about a second past the end of our minute, but, but it also looks like we had mentioned that the shape of that shopping center had all these like really intense purple uh, purple lights with some little glow around them and you can see this right at 2953 but that almost looks like googie architecture and maybe these pins the shape they're making look like mm. some kind of googie shape too and not architecture but googie style shapes and doohickeys 
I don't know. It's just very yeah. Because yeah. they don't just fall and go. They go tumbling out into space. It's into a very contrived places. I don't know. Right. It's no, just, I, I think there's a reason. I wonder. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna frame grab this and kind of look at them next to each other. I'm having a tough time. Talk amongst yourselves. This is. Are, do you One have of the thing uh, I was looking for was, and it didn't seem to be the case, is did that shape somehow match like the next shot? Like we fade the dude, you know, it he fades into con, he he comes back to life here, and he's laying on the floor, and did it somehow like, you know, in essence, make a constellation of like his form on the floor or something like that? And it doesn't really seem to match up, right? I mean, most of the pins do seem to go like around his head, but I don't think there's really a, a connection there. I think that's a that's a that's a stretch. Is there a way to like if you took a frame grab of this and played a little connect the dots game? Is there a way that you could make these the shape that you create look vaginal or phallic? Oh. That's another good thing to look at. Let me, um, like yeah, we, we that. could have our own, like connect the dots, like coloring book after we finish this podcast. This I could was, be one of the ones I was gonna hear before it. Be like an ink blot tests, you know, see what shape you create. Here's <laughs> random dots. You don't well, number it kind them. Kind of creates a pentagon shape. It does, but there's the outlier the out to the right. There's a pentagon. Well, that's, you know, it's clearly a reference to the fact that the United States is the one behind the 9-11 attack. <laughs> oh, no, loose change. So. Yeah. Chemtrails. Something like that, exactly. <clears throat> All right, here we go. But in September 11th, now of the Pentagon. Oh, yeah. It starts with... Mm, uh, we are on a list now. Well... As if we weren't well, already. That's true. that's true. All right. I've almost got... I have way too many screen grabs. So we're allowed to be on that list more than once, probably. It's not like the film registry <laughs> recommendation. <laughs> All right. Here's the thing. I'm, bringing, I'm putting them in Photoshop right now. This, oh, this man. Is, you is, are... This is some great radio right here. Yeah, this is riveting sound. <laughs> All right, Photoshop. This is a 90-minute podcast of me creating an image in Photoshop <laughs> with no speaking. You know, I'm pretty... You know, we can... Uh, do you guys have show notes? We could put the put the Photoshop file in show notes. We're fucking amateurs, man. This is what you didn't realize, perhaps. Well, we do indeed have show notes. Well, <laughs> sure. I mean, I think they're lovely, lovingly absurdist, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. They are that. There is, there is nothing. There They're is, not. There are no, no similarities. Sometimes a bowling. Sometimes there's ball a ball pattern. Is just a bowling ball pattern. Maybe you know, it could be a star, of David. Hmm. Uh Well, I don't know how. Roll on Shabbat. Yeah, mm. Walter shouldn't be entering the dude's. Uh, sexy time dreams. Yeah, no, maybe not. I don't like where we're going. That one. 
Yeah, I can't make any sense of this. I, I think I, you know, I think that this uh, the shot was farmed out to the uh, effects folks, and, uh, and, and they just and jammed it in there. That's uh, they yeah. just said, make bowling balls fly into space, and they just did. And here's here's the sequence. Here's the storyboard. Here's what we shot. Go. I mean, if we're gonna continue the uh, the uh, Freudian analysis, though, is hitting the bowling balls, and then you have these white pins flying out into space like is it a uh, oh my gosh see the, you're uh, good at this you're natural yeah there it is yeah that's that is that is an ejaculatory moment if there ever was one it's the ejaculate <laughs> very good very we good we have sir. successfully we've argued about the three-act structure but we can <laughs> say we've successfully identified the ejaculatory moment that's it right there you know some ah. things are basic you know, there there's can be no argument about this one. Oh, I, actually, now that you've said it, it's so obvious. I can't believe I never realized it. It it is. They are absolutely sperm, sir. We found the ejaculate. <laughs> oh, jeez. Hmm. This is interesting, Lando. <laughs> Lando system. Lando's not a system. He's a man. Oh boy. <laughs> So is that your next podcast? Once you finally get through first gutter balls, then the podcast about each episode of gutter balls. Right. And then project and then three will be empire strikes back. Boy, I don't know if I could take on that beast because this Lebowski, you can have fun with, you know, yes. but you might start getting death threats. If you play too fast and loose with star Wars shit. That's true. That's true. And then you'd, you'd also have to find like a laser disc of the non-special editioned. Well, that's what I, because how can I show these movies to my daughter? You know? Oh, yeah. I, I have them on VHS. I don't own a VCR. Mm. It's a problem. I don't know. Well, Do you own you know, laser discs of the unaltered versions? No, no, no. I got nothing. I got nothing. I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping that when, uh, when Disney, uh, comes out with their next wave of uh, trying to squeeze us for cash with the next Star Wars episode that they realize that uh, they need They've to. made a terrible mistake. Yeah. You know, they've, they've done, Disney's been doing some pretty, you know, decent things. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll get that right. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think them. Lucas was probably just kind of stubborn about it. Like, no, like. I'll, you know, these are the versions. These, are, This is my completed vision. He did not want to admit his mistake. He did not want to admit it. All the people that were like, this sucks. He was like, screw you. This is, it doesn't suck. This is awesome. I'm not making the original versions available anymore. But, you know, I think there's, even though I think there's, a, there's money to be had, right? They're leaving money on the table. Oh, All these Star Wars fans are going to buy both versions. Of course. Just like we talked about the cage Star Trek. <laughs> if they sell the black and white and the color version, they still sell both. People I, still buy both. I'd buy black and white Star Wars for sure. It's like, so there you go. if they're sucker enough to buy it once, they'll definitely buy it twice. Yeah. He's yeah. right. Maybe they're waiting for the 4K version. Yes. Uh, oh, please. The 4K release. Mm. Originally restored. And then, two years later, it's like 4K release. But with the special effects, <laughs> right? And everyone was like, "All right." Uh, well, but and, you know, they killed the they killed the 3D version, right? So they 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 have an idea of what's a stupid 
thing to pursue. Actually, you know, I would watch The Big Lebowski in 3D. I will go out of my way to not watch the 3D version of any film in the multiplexes. But if they were to come out with a 3D remaster of Lebowski, I would I would go on the first, why? first day. Why? Because I can only imagine what kind of hilarity they would pack in behind things. Do you think would it ha- it would have to be supervised by oh, the Coens? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, no, it would have to be initiated by them. Gotcha. For sure. Yeah. That, I don't see it happening. Probably. No, nah, no, nah, it's never going to happen. But, but that would be something that, yeah. There's a there's a few people that will take you know take the most mundane, stupid film technology, and you know and do something really clever with it. And these guys, yeah. you know, T- Tarantino will do it. I mean, he can make pan and scan creative, and uh, and the Cone Brothers will do it. I, I can see them doing doing three D and making it pretty great. Because I'm kind of with you. I don't. I I'm gonna say it. I don't like three D. And I'll, I'll see the just the regular version now. Yeah, if there's a, if there's a regular or a three D version, I'll, I'll I'll go for the regular. I tried. You know, I tried to embrace this. I I feel like. It should that should be what I see. It it should be better. It's but it's well, it's not, not though because it's, it's not, not really three D. It's like it gives this illusion that certain things are like in some different plane. Yeah. Than the film, like it's not really three D. Right. right. Well, like when you go to like Disney World or Universal and they have those like rides that are like quote unquote three D. Mm-hmm. Like those are really three D. Yeah. Like you actually think. You know, there's a thing like in front of your face, like floating there. Like you, you can't be convinced it's not there. Do you wear glasses for those things? Yes. Mm-hmm. I went on the Harry Potter one. Oh, I love that. Was I wearing glasses for that then? No, because that the um the Harry Potter like the the Hogwarts ride had. I mean, that was a whole um experience with sculptural objects coming out at you those those dementors were were there i mean okay. there there are video elements yeah, yeah, yeah. in them but but that those were yeah. those did yeah, not have I'm, glasses that's right yeah. but so, so what but the, the other ones did like the the simpsons ride for example that oh, had dang. that had three glasses i may they not have, have been these on rides this. where you go and it's in essence you go and you sit in a theater and you watch like a 10 minute movie right like Captain like, EO. a lot of rides, quote unquote rides like that. There's like in, in Disney, there's like a Muppets one. There's a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids one. There used to be hmm. Captain EO. Yeah, Captain oh, EO, right? They still I have that. I feel like EO. they don't have that anymore. There's Oh, there's Mickey's uh, it's PhilharMagic, which is really good. Hmm. They're all really good. I like them. And what makes that actual 3D as opposed to fake 3D? I don't know the answer to that. It's just, I guess, I assume it's a more advanced technology, which is why you have to pay like $150 to Central <laughs> Park to see it. But, or maybe it's just a different filmmaking technique. Because again, that film... Family of four, please. Yeah, you, you can't like disc... You can't translate those things like into a 2D film. And I don't think you can... I don't know how it would work to tell like an actual narrative with that versus like creating a crazy experience. Because a lot of them, they also have these these other, you know, they incorporate all these other crazy elements like smell or like water. Yeah, four D. Right. Yeah, like in the uh, the Bugs Life one, 
There's a Bugs Life one? I gotta There's go to a Bugs Disney Life issues. one, yeah. And they do, uh, they do, um, like, like ants, like bugs, like crawl under your seat. You feel them, like, crawl under you and stuff, and everyone in the theater jumps up. Oh. It's nice. <laughs> I wonder if they did it at a higher frame rate, you know, if they did it at 48 or something. Which I, well, Hobbit was 48. And I, I, did you see it in, oh, wait, you guys talked about this. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't, I didn't see it in 48. I, I did full on. I did high frame rate 3D. I wanted to. I couldn't find a theater that had it near me. I and mean, that, I, wanted, I wanted to see it just to, just because my gut tells me, everything I know about cinema tells me that is the wrong way to go, but I wanted to see to be sure. But And I'll say the high frame rate bothered me more than the 3D in that oh, movie. Uh, but, but the 3D was done, that didn't bother me. Hmm. The 3D was done well. Oh, like, good. I guess if you get somebody who just knows how to handle that technology and like when to use it they're they're judicious well they and just... there's i mean there's different techniques like some films are actually filmed in 3d and others right. they're just filmed like a conventional movie and then in post they just add 3d to it right yeah right and it's like yeah not i mean i think you get you know completely different results so simon you think it's the wrong way to go when you say that you mean high frame rate yeah, I'm I'm very anti high frame rate. I I really don't like it. And why is that? We've we've well, talked about this on this show before. I'm really persnickety about uh, about cinema feeling like cinema, but which which means to me it means like whatever you shoot in, whether it's film, which will be nobody soon, or right. um or whatever. As long as you have the right uh, blur at one forty eighth of a second from one frame to the next, it's gonna feel like a movie. And anything that screws with that is, you know, whether it's because you know the default settings on your TV have it set to super smooth, which mm -hmm. I which I saw today when I was at someone's house and it was unnerving. And you waited till it's they left the room. Horrible. You got the remote out. You went I, into the menu. Like, what is wrong with these people? It's it, it. Yeah, it's 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 horrible. Why that even exists? I I would not. I don't understand. I don't understand it at all. It's I don't want to. Yeah, that's like the only it, that's the only thing that's worse than watching like something shot in sixty frames per second video in high definition. Like, it's uh, it's a it's a feature for a feature's sake. It's I mean it, I, I guess for sports. All right, so high definition sports with that frame rate is pretty great. But but man, it's just I, I mean maybe and here's the thing maybe I'm just maybe I'm just turning into an old guy and I think that. You know that that softness and that schmushiness is what you know cinema ought to be, but once it starts getting too crispy, I just I don't know. It just doesn't. Well, it looks lower quality. It is somehow. It, well, it is lower quality. Oh, the oh the higher frame rate looks lower. The quality. higher frame rate, in my mind, even though maybe it's technically more. Right. It looks well. You know, we've talked about it. Looks like video to me. Oh well, yeah, totally. Well, the um, it looks like a BBC documentary. It no longer looks like a yeah, like you said, a piece of cinema, right? And all the, I mean, all the art direction falls apart, right? I mean, you only ever see, you only see the last coat of paint in a film, right? You mm -hmm. only, everything else is everything behind it is is fake, and that's the what makes an amazing art director. But 
you can see every freaking flaw and it just it, it's well it, this happened before with uh you know as lenses got better right when 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 the when the Zeiss prime started getting so started getting so crisp that it was just unnerving then all the all the big cinematographers just started throwing stuff in front of the lens just to just to mess it up so that it wouldn't look so crisp because it was not looking like a film to them. Hmm. Put is, some pantyhose over the lens yeah, or whatever. Or, 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 or fog filters or like Vilma Zygmunt, just, you know, just flash the whole thing and, and, you know, expose everything to a little bit of light after the fact and give it that, you know, close encounters, McCabe and Mrs. Miller kind of smokiness to it. So we're, we're throwing around the term cinema when we're talking about this, which maybe that that's sort of the root of this argument, though, is right. w- what are we considering cinema and what's just a movie? If you're going to watch explosions right. and, you know, a man in an iron suit fly around, maybe that's, I mean, I think I like that. I think it's cinema, yeah. but maybe that's not cinema. Maybe that's just a movie. Mm. Or is it that they just haven't the the art directors who aren't getting it right or the cinematographers who aren't getting it right they just haven't mastered that technology yet and they just have to catch up yeah maybe i mean maybe maybe cameron and jackson are right right i mean maybe maybe everyone will get used to it and it'll and it'll just feel right soon i mean now looking at Standard definition is excruciating to oh, me now. I can't who can look at that? A square. Oh, it's, it's just miserable. I haven't been down to those channels in like five <laughs> years. I know they tell me they're down there. I don't care. I'm not looking at that. And yeah, four three. What about how many people shoot on film now? Even cinema. Mm. What percentage you, even, do you think it is? Thirty oh, percent, maybe. Oh, oh. Maybe. I'd be in. Th- Think it's lower than that, even? Yeah, yeah, I think it is. There, but it's they're... okay. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, as long as it's twenty-four. Well, exactly. As long <laughs> as they digitally make it look like it was film, right? Well, as long as they screw and it, it can up even be it. sharper than film, but you still have to psychologically make it seem film-like. I don't know what that really means. I think it's all a psychology question, and I think it could turn out to be an issue of like well yeah you know you know younger people today you know starting to be exposed to this like pretty soon that's it's just not going to make any sense it's like watching something in black and white why do i want to watch this kind of blurry juddery thing that makes no sense like why did it look like this every time the camera pans it's just like a yeah blurry mess but you know but to no, us, that puts us in the dreamlike state. It's comfortable. It's familiar yeah, to us. Exactly. And it's what we associate well, th- with that experience. Exactly. And I think it, it is like impressionistic, right? There's like sort of like a painterly quality to it. Right. That's why, you know, again, I have some fairly expensive still cameras, and I prefer the shots from my iPhone nine times <laughs> out of ten. I really do, because they just seem natural. They seem warmer. They just seem more like... I don't know, like, I'll take a picture of a person, of one of my kids or my wife, and I'm like, oh, look, they're smiling, it looks nice. I take the picture with the other camera, it's like, well, I can see, like, all the pores in their 
face. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to look at their pores. I just want to see them, like, as they appear in my mind and my memory. I don't see pores. And the iPhone just does that. Yeah. And I'm one of these dudes that's going around and say, like, screw cameras. I'm just using iPhone only. Granted, right. there's, oh, there's going to, you know, there's exceptions, of course. But for the most part, it's like, yeah. I'm pretty much there with you. Yeah, I, I I use my iPhone for pretty much everything unless I have to have the big the big camera. Yeah. yeah, unless it's like a really challenging condition or you're trying to do something really specific, right? Time lapse or or right. I want to like I make the Christmas card. I take that. I have to do a lot of color manipulation to it. Mm-hmm. I can't take that with my iPhone. It'll tear to pieces. Right. Or if it's uh, if you need to put a big lens on it, or mm-hmm. if, uh, you know, stuff like that, or you want the if you want the really shallow depth of field, yep. nice blurry is, background, yeah, which is which is the reason. I mean, that's the other thing you you gotta have in these movie cameras is a big honking sensor, yeah, which is really nice when they have it. Have you used a red? No, I haven't. Have you? Me either. I have not. Um, you know, I've heard they're kind of persnickety. I, I'm, yeah, a little, little picky, a little touchy. But I mean, I gotta say that you, uh, I mean, I can barely handle controlling a super thirty-five size sensor with this. I have a seven D, and it that's all. That's a pretty big sensor. For, it is for me. That's what I have too. That's that's, that's a use. lot of. It's tough keeping stuff in focus, man. Yeah. It is. I don't know what I would do with a red. It was, uh, well, I'd, I'd get a bunch of focus pullers, I guess. But this is, <laughs> or just only shoot with like wide-angle prime lenses, which is apparently right. what they did with this movie. They just shot everything with the widest lens they could find. Because there's so many crazy camera moves and focus pulls that it's just... Right. You don't open it up all the way. Keep it stopped down a little bit. Yep. Mm. R- riveting. Riveting podcasting. This I'm is sure. for, this is this is serious radio, except for the Photoshop section. Which, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll edit it out. No, I won't. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sending you the file though, because it 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 leads to the protocols of the elders of Zion, and I don't want to get on that list. No, that would be bad news, man. <sighs> I have an audio note. <laughs> Ready? Give it. The dude. When he sees the bowling ball in his hand and he falls and plummets towards the earth. Right. It's a long scream. There are three screams in there. They overlap them. And the first two are actually, they happen simultaneously for like almost a full second. So you can hear two screams at the same time. And then between numbers two and three, it's kind of a smoother transition. Take a, take a listen. Huh. Thirty twenty-seven. Huh. Yeah. How about that? And then it kind of trails off and gets deeper. Yeah. Different tones to each one, too. Oh, I want to see something. Is it in tune with the song? Oh, I did not think about that. Interesting. No. No? No. That was okay being a little different. It's a little, little. It's not quite in tune with Bob, but uh, then who is, who is in <laughs> tune with Bob, Bob? Bob's not even in tune with Bob. No, doesn't have to be either. It's a thing. 
I had a quick Lindsay Lohan update too. Oh Ooh. wow. The Canyons is finally being released. Nice. August 2nd. Or no, July 20 I've I've got a link here. But unfortunately, she <laughs> won't be out of rehab for the premiere. <laughs> I mean, what a kick in the pants. Wow. She tried to she's pleading with the people to look, to let her out. Oh, is that the thing? Is but that the, they won't let her. Is that the film that the was? Oh, yes, James Dean, yes. two E's, porn right. star. Right. Yeah, there was like a clip leaked oh, on YouTube man. or something, and it looks like the most god awful thing. Wow, <laughs> it's literally like Tommy was so territory. Wow, and Gus Van Sant is in it, but not directing it. Yep. Directed wow. by Paul Schrader, taxi driver writer. That's it. I read the article. Yeah. There was the a New York Times, oh, right? Yeah, that was a terrifying article. Terrifying. Jeez. Wow. But that's the best thing that could have happened to this movie is that article. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm kind of intrigued now. Yes. I almost. Oh, I'll definitely, almost, I'm definitely going to watch this. Boy. It has a great tagline in IMDb. What is its Youth, tagline? Glamour, sex, and Los Angeles, circa 2012. Oh, God. <laughs> so there we go. Circa 2012. It's Los Angeles. So here we have another movie set in Los Angeles that's a bizarre period piece of a period that's not too right. far a, ago. A one year ago period piece. Right. It obviously... <laughs> uh, it's a period well, piece from yesterday. Well, they're they're gambling on... 20 years later, someone doing a podcast about it <laughs> and that it, it grows on the culture over the next 20 years. I hear that's a thing. I, it's Well, you know, all these movies that do grow on the culture, like, I don't know, is there a movie that can come out and be like, everyone's like, yeah, that's the best movie ever. And then 20 years ago, people are still, it has this, hmm. I shouldn't say people are still talking about it, but back to the future, but it has this cult following where people have conventions and are dressing up and everything else that we see with Lebowski. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Like it's not when it first when Lebowski came out, it was somewhat unremarkable. It was just a blip. Right. And now we have the these conventions, right? I, I would say Back to the Future, but that doesn't there's no conventions associated with it. Right. Well, I mean, that, that was, was a, wasn't that was a big hit when it came out, wasn't it? it sure. Was yeah. Well, there I mean, are there conventions about Anything that isn't sci-fi or medieval or comic book superhero based. I mean, I don't know. This is so Lebowski, Lebowski stands alone. <laughs> Rocky Horror Picture Show. People dress up. Yeah, that has kind of sci-fi elements, but not really. No, but that does. No, that that's definitely okay. In that in yeah. that. Idiom. And then if we were to go, you know, and I think Rocky Horror Picture, I'm going to have to mention the room as well. Although I don't know again if that's really enduring. That that kind of had its heyday for the last couple of years, but I still haven't seen it, Brad. I, yeah, me neither. The ship may have sailed on that for me. It's so good. The room. Is this a <sighs> is this a horror film? No. Oh jeez. Don't be right, don't we're try not gonna go to down explain. this okay, okay, I'm we'll sorry. talk about Just it don't. afterwards. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, so, that film! Oh, okay. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Right. Okay. That. Did you it's, just Google it? Yep. Spectacular. Yeah. I I know I know about this, and the thing is, I'm certain that I've seen worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
It's not that it's the worst as much as it is baffling. <laughs> it's such a bizarre just coalescing of so many various elements. Mm, maybe I'll torrent it. If I knew so, what that meant, I don't know what that means. I mean, the only way... Uh, but I won't. I'm, not, I'm just not going to open the can of worms. I'll talk to you later. Wait, are you saying that there are... I need to give you a big the, talking about, uh, to about the room. There, there Are there conventions for the room? Is there? The, yes. Really? Well, there's not conventions, but there's definitely showings, right? In, like Rocky Horror Picture oh. Show, lots of theaters have midnight showings. Oh. Tommy Wiseau, the guy that did this, the guy with oh. the crazy weird accent, he shows up. He tours with it sometimes, he essentially. Tours with it, okay. You know, and and people have the thing they do, like the certain like lines and call and response, and like throw a spoon at the screen kind of stuff. I say give it three to five years, Brad, and there will be honest to goodness conventions. I would go to a room convention. I'm See? totally sucked into the whole thing. You've I rest my case. Wow. But I just, it's kind of like... Uh, I might go to a room convention before I would go to a Lebowski convention. <laughs> Not that I wouldn't go to a Lebowski convention also. But. Hmm. I might do that too, just to see what it is. I could go as an outsider and, you know, examine the culture from the outside. Well, like any of these movies, the only way you'd really like, you know, you gotta watch it with some people. Well, right. And laugh together. If you just sit like... Okay, the kids went to bed. I'm going to sit here and watch this. You'll get 10 minutes in and be like, I don't even understand. (laughs) And I think if you wait too long, like I was saying, if you wait too long, like the ship can sail on you. It can. But at the same time, I don't know, like with Plan 9 from Outer Space, I watched that (laughs) in like high school and it was pretty great. True. It was laugh. I laughed. I belly laughed. That went. Then I think you cross. A different threshold once you get like two or three decades removed from it. That's like a different threshold. It's like the guy who talked like Donald Duck, Brad, when we went to college. Remember that guy? Holy crap. He talked like Donald Duck. And we're like, okay, that's funny for a little while. But then he didn't stop. Months later, he's still talking like I Donald Duck. I think I know who you're. I think I know. And it's like, it's not funny anymore, dude. You got to give up. And it's like, I'd see him like every six months and he would just talk like Donald Duck. Three, like three years later, it became funny again. (laughs) And I could like, I just had to take my hat off to the gentleman. I'm like, you got a years long commitment to just talking like Donald Duck. Kudos, sir. Kudos. Stink bug just hit me in the face. I almost peed my pants. Just now? Yeah, stink yes, bugs right in now. the house? Jesus. I guess so. Hey, there's, think, there's a fly bug in me here. We're attracting insects. Um, But this, like, 1492, Conquest of Paradise. I really wanted to see that when it came out in 1992. Wow. I, I didn't. And I think I'm good. I'm just, you know... The ship has sailed for 1492 Conquest of Paradise, ironically enough. You know, Greece. Greece is one that has its, uh... Okay, right. No, I... People dress up? I don't know if there are conventions, but uh, people are very, very into Greece. That is very interesting to say, to, to hear. What about Tommy? 
I like the movie Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The Who. Yeah, it's a pretty terrible movie. Yeah. A lot of people like that thing. Great album though. Yeah, album's good. Huh. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to be seeing 1492 anytime soon. Nope. So don't worry about that. You will see Micah. it one day. You will be, have the flu. You'll be laying on the couch. You'll turn on Netflix. <laughs> have something in there as you go in and out of consciousness in your fevered state. And there will be, just added to Netflix, 1492 Conquest of Paradise. And feebly, you shall <laughs> press the play button on the remote. Because it'll be, it'll be the one Ridley Scott film that you haven't. I haven't seen. Well, that and uh, someone to watch over me. Did he but... direct that? Yeah. Wow. Again, never saw it. Hmm. Who wants to see Tom Berenger with sexiness? Yeah, it was. That's not a good movie. Ugh. Wow. Tom Berenger gets his fucking groove on. Oh yeah. It's like not, sign me up. I don't get how he got to be a star. I don't. Me either. I just. Mm. I could understand Platoon. He was really you know? good in that, sure. He's good in that. He, that's a role he can play. Then hunky leading man kind of dude. Ugh. Well, and then at, boy, you want to see a weird movie. It's uh, at play in the fields of the Lord. It's like four hours long. Hmm. And, oh, there and, he's, and he's like a guy who's playing crashes in the Amazon and he gets uh, adopted by a, you know, a tribe and, 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 uh, John Lithgow's in this John movie. John Lithgow, Kathy Bates. Yeah. This Daryl Hannah, this movie is exhausting me it just really, looking at it. They really wanted to to be an Oscar baiting kind of movie, and it was not very good. Any movie with a title like At Play in the Fields of the Lord mm. is Oscar bait. Yep. <laughs> Are we tapped out, gentlemen? Uh, I think we're close to it. I we mean, got so. close, so close to two hours. The you one know? thing <laughs> we could just I, do some photoshopping for I fifteen minutes over the two hour mark. I think. I mean, the one thing that's, that's been on my mind this is me tapping away. <laughs> screencasting. I'm going to screencast this. Yeah. This audio scrub. screencasting. Yeah, I'm scrubbing. So it's going to be big. Scrubbing through this bowling ball. <laughs> Audio, <laughs> but uh, clicking. I'm but I remember clicking. Adam. We had a discussion about who the man in him was. Oh, I was wondering about this this week. I couldn't. Okay. Yeah, we well we had that discussion well, earlier not only, in the opening credit scene. We were talking, and Adam was talking a lot about how oh it's mod. I well, was like, it's not mod. He's not that into mod. But again, here we have now this again this Freudian. You mean who the woman is that that song is about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. That makes so much more sense than what I said. Right. Yes, I just yeah. wanted who, to make it clear. Is the, who is it that brings out the man in him, right? Right. Could it be bowling? Could it My be bunny? My theory is it's bowling, because that's the only time he gets serious about anything. You know, it's more symbolic. It's bowling, not an actual woman. But, here again, here we have the song reappears, and it is mod. Flying away. Right. Flying away. And we do have this, you know, very Freudian uh, scene. So, I don't know. That's a point to the mod theory right there. That, yeah, that's a couple of points. That's more yeah, than one. Get, I would say you get about 14 points for that. 
Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. almost enough to push it into... Almost 15, but not... Yeah. Uh, 14. What's the score so far? 14 to 0. Oh, all right. To 0. I would say to 1. To 1. To 1, maybe. 14, 14 to, to one. 0 to 1. <laughs> one piece of of little small piece of follow-up that I'm going to go back to just that we didn't talk about all the discussion of the Jesus. I don't think so. Cause we talked a lot about all the different isms, mm. Nazisms, classisms, mm-hmm. feminisms that all appear in here. Pacifisms, pacifisms, Freudianism, socialisms, you say nihilism, no, Freud- nihilism. Freudianism. Yeah. Oh yeah. But we, but you know, you have the dude, but you also have the Jesus to yeah. the people. Right. Almost like they're holy men or something. Yeah, well, and the dude, right? We have dudism, rhymes with Buddhism. Mm. You know, people have made a big whole connection to the dude and in, 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 in this kind of Zen philosophy, even though I have disputed that, because he is a pretty high-strung dude. Yeah, there's no Zen in this guy. Yeah. He wants sure there to be, talk. but yeah, there's not. But we do have the Jesus versus the dude, two does. Well, and the big Lebowski. And the Big Lebowski, yeah. So we have these thes, all these the people. Just a little note on the use of language. Just we have all the isms. We have we. I'm, I just realized we have these the, the isms and the thes. Yeah, and I have to give uh, points to my wife for that one. Hmm. Because I came, I come upstairs. She's like, "Oh, how the podcast going?" It went good. We talked about the Jesus. He's like, "Oh, did you talk about how it's the Jesus and the dude?" There's two thes. I was like, "Oh, no, we didn't." Oh, we're fucking amateurs, Brad. Yeah, so you know better you by give now. Credit where credit is due. But nobody calls him the dude. They just call him dude. Your old dude. I'm the dude. Yeah, I think he calls himself the right, dude right. more than anybody you're right. else. You're right. The dude is call. not in. Leave a message. You know. <laughs> and but the, again, that's very uh, zen of him, right? Does how's that? that? Does Versus anyone refer G- to the Jesus as the Jesus? Other than the Jesus? I think just the Jesus. Mm. So they're very uh, self-absorbed, prophet-like. And again, I think, you know, we could draw comparisons there. I don't want to get, again, on too many other lists here, but (laughs) we're going to talk about Western civilization, Christianity, versus, you know, what you find in a lot of Buddhist teachings. There is something to be found there about this application of the article the so it's an east versus west thing which is further manifested in his interactions with the the stranger oh the wow forgot about the stranger confounding but confounding in a way i'm gonna guess brad that didn't bother you like the dream sequences bothered you no you don't mind the stranger, right? You've referred to those scenes, though, as confounding. Yes, they confound. Yes, confounding. But not in a bad way. But not in a bad way. Okay. The dream sequences aren't necessarily bad, but I'm like... Because I think a lot of people... Maybe it's just my reaction to people that get so into Like I'm just like, well, it doesn't add a whole lot to the movie to me, right? Like, I'm into, like, you know, well, that's just my opinion, man. Kind of a... <laughs> Feeling, you yeah, know, yeah. vibe. 
the dream sequence doesn't necessarily add to that. But the we've talked before about some of his one-liners, like oh, like that in a pair of testicles, right? Right. right. <laughs> like that's kind of a cheap shot. It is. It's down there it's somewhere. Let me take another look. And I feel like the bowling ball, the bowling ball gets heavy. He falls down. It's like it's too slapstick or oh, something. Yeah, kind of like a bunch of drunk frat guys laughing. It's not the refined cinema that I'm used to. <laughs> it's not the refined cinema of "Are you ready to be fucked, man?" <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh yes. You know. So have you done any? Have you made any progress on incorporating that, Adam? Um, I haven't. I promise I, I would. I haven't. Have have not had the opportunity to work. It hasn't been the right time yet at work. But I did incorporate, we'll post this, I'll send it to you. I sent an email and I did end it with, but that's just like my opinion, man. So I did that. Did anybody get it? No. Hmm. <laughs> he thinks not. But it felt good. <laughs> I'm just thinking of a way that I can use. You have, you must. It'll get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we should let's twenty dollars to the first person that uses it. <laughs> All right, yeah, if I... the race is on. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> this is a perfect place to wrap it up. I think I'm I'm ready to be fucked, yeah, man. I think you're right. <laughs> now, if so, Simon, mm. now is the time in the show when you pimp your blog. Why don't you? You oh, want to? Oh, you want to do can that? Pimp, pimp my stuff? Yeah. Hell hey. yes! Oh, hey everybody, dude. Um, yeah, check out. You can see my movies if you want at uh, my website is quarknova.com. Q U A R K N O V A. dot com, and I write stuff. And you can look at movies, and all my movies are free. You can watch them all you want. They can watch all of your movies for free. Yep. That's that's a lot of movies. That's something. You've made a few. Yeah, so you, can, you can, I mean, pour yourself a stiff one first. It'll want to be ready. <laughs> You'll be thank ready yourself. For, yeah, yeah, you, you gotta you gotta really want to, you gotta be ready. You gotta be in the moment, then you sit down and you're ready to get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, I mean, so close to two hours, Brad. So close. But well, do you have another song? Did anybody else send you send you music? Oh man, I wish. That's some good stuff. There is that song I posted on the, the Tumblr. That's true. Which the Tumblr, by the way, it is now linked from our website, gutterballs.tv. We've mentioned the Tumblr so many times. We've promised to put things on the Tumblr that have never actually made it there. Even now, not any of them are there. What's what's but, the Tumblr address? You see what happens, Lebowski.tumblr.com. <laughs> However, you can just go to gutterballs.tv and click the Tumblr link now. You I don't can't have to type all that in. Imagine why we get no traffic. <laughs> we we don't promote it. We don't have links to it, and it's eight hundred forty-two characters long. <laughs> I just misspelled it. Nobody wants to type that into a browser. See what happens? I don't really understand Tumblr. I don't. I let Brad do that. I love Tumblr. Tumblr is my. I feel like my, I. That's where I live. I feel like I should love it. Oh, this is great stuff. 
Oh, we had an extra frames that just went out. I guess I'll pimp that, I guess. Check out the extra frames on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's a little, uh, <laughs> a little something, something, little video we did with a uh, firearms expert. <laughs> so just search, uh, what? We don't have a link to the YouTube channel, though, do we, Brad? No. That'll be the next thing we talk about. That'll be the but next don't. thing. Maybe if we add a couple. But again, if you go to the Tumblr and scroll down, you'll find the, uh, so the it's, video. It's as simple as can be. You just go to <laughs> gutterballs.tv, go down to the left, Don't f- find oh, the HTTP, HTTP colon, colon forward slash forward slash. For, and not, not back the backslashes. Jesus, I've been doing it wrong. Okay. Forward slashes forward slash gutterballs.tv. Mm. Go to the left, left. Find the link that says. Um, I don't know what it says, but something involving the word Tumblr. It says Tumblr. Which isn't spelled like you think it is. Click on that link, and then Ask something me. else Scroll happens. Scroll down. Scroll now, depending down. on when you're listening to this, you may have to get to the bottom of the page, <laughs> then click the older posts. Older posts? Okay. What could possibly go wrong? You want to wait till you get to the post in. from June 9th, 2013 at 4.05 p.m.? <laughs> I clicked too far. Oh, no, don't older post. It's on the newer post. Hold on. New June. Ease of use is our primary goal here at Gutter Balls. Extra frames. Look at that. Shooter's glasses. Okay. Got it. Oh, so it's it's near the top. Right now it's near the top. Oh. But by the time people are hearing this, it'll be on page two. Oh. Or not, because we don't really post that much there. We do have millionaires using coupons on there. Here's what I don't get. Which I dig. I've listened to that a couple times. If, if you've got a website, you have the, the Lebowski or gutterballs.tv, why do you also have a Tumblr? I don't I don't understand. I don't understand Tumblr. Like, the Tumblr is website, more like the, an auxiliary outlet. The, the website is just the podcast. Oh. Uh, so we like to Tumblr keep it clean. Tumblr is like, we, you know, just like you might tumble things. Like, oh, here's a funny link, right? And a lot of these things, there's a lot of Lebowski stuff happening on Tumblr. So as I go to Tumblr, for example, the big Lebowski kit, right? I can just click oh, the little God. reblog button on that or... Okay, I get that. You know, I just put the stuff in. Or the nothing is fucked poster from We Love Typography, right? Like That's beautiful. That came from... Um, from someone else, and I reblogged it. Right, and I guess it's really easy to follow people and have a. It's like yeah, like, exactly. Like Twitter, it, right, it's like I Twitter. Can, all right. It's like Twitter, but you, it's but different. See, if I got on that, I would never post anything to my own website. I would just it would get stacked. That's that, the problem. I do everything on Tumblr. Hmm. hmm. Hey, guess, <sighs> hey, guess, guess what? The problems. We passed two hours. Did we? Yep. But by the time, you know, Adam takes a hatchet to all the curse words and <laughs> well, I replace do, do you have and all the photoshopping. With, uh, yeah. Photoshopping. We'll be down to we'll be under an hour. Right. Well yeah, so this this must have an explicit tag on iTunes. It, yeah, it, they do. They all do. They they do. Red uh, letters we'll next never, to it. Ne- we'll never get on the on the, the hot hot picks, hot Oh, that's only PG or PG thirteen yeah, stuff. If there, if you're not uh, if you're not clean, if you're not radio uh, radio safe, then you know you, you can't be on the main thing. This is why uh, 
like uh, a lot of the podcasts I listen to are, are they're specifically, they bleep the stuff out just so that they don't, you know, get, they don't uh, anger Apple. Well, I mean, you can, <laughs> you can still be on, but you don't, uh, you, you can never right. be on the, on the big one, on the big board. Yeah. Well, we have going <laughs> for us is the fact that if you search big Lebowski and iTunes, our podcast shows up. No, really? Nice. Granted, yeah, you have to go through like a bunch of results of stuff, but yeah, it's in there somewhere. That's good. It seems different times it's in different places. Sometimes it's more prominent than others, but yeah. Although, and if you search gutter balls in Google, we are result number three. No kidding. Well, it's two two links. There's the movie gutter balls, and then I think a Wikipedia entry for the movie gutter balls. Then there's the line of images. And then we're right below that. That's not so bad. Nice. Look at that. And if you're using the new, uh, the new Google design, it's it's number three. Nothing, nothing in the way. Oh, excellent, excellent. Huh. Oh, I forgot to mention in the uh, real quick now, movies and television shows we've seen section. I saw The Hangover Part Three. So go ahead and judge me silently for one second. Okay, we're done with that now. But John Goodman was in it. Huh. So. That's right. Just a minor little can, Lebowski connection. He can do no it, wrong. But, well, I don't want to talk about that. Mo- spoilers, I guess. King but. Ralph. Wasn't that him? <laughs> yeah. Never saw it. Me neither. His character was all exposition. There, I said it. Just, just talking. What, in, in Hangover or King Ralph? Yeah, okay. uh, Hangover. He was the stranger in essence. Yeah, but it was <laughs> like telling people, I don't want to say too much about it, but it's just talking at people. And now I'm going to explain the next 45 minutes of the movie for the next three minutes. It was just was lazy filmmaking. It was annoying. Mm. I mean, I don't know what I'm expecting out of the hangover part three, <laughs> for God's sakes, but a little more than that. I only saw the first one. I th- was very entertained. Well, actually, very pretty entertained by it. It's watchable. Looks n- nice, you know. Never nice saw number at. two. Not as good. Anyway, we ready to wrap this up, gents? Let's do it. Boom. We've really dragged this out. Yeah, we, we did our best there. Epic. Epic. I would say epic. Well, we had it. Uh, we had the filmmaker on. We, we had, had to, you know, we had to, to had a lot of catching up worth. to do. We did. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, this we is can't great. can't screw around when we have an opportunity with this maker of films on uh, the show. So good. Oh. Yep. Thanks for having me. Oh, it was a blast. Thanks for coming. Um. We'll do it again sometime. I think. Yeah. Be you, great. There, there's still still a lot of movie left ton of movie <laughs> well i will talk to you guys later and all uh, right i'm looking forward to hearing this and and all the ones after it all right good night gentlemen thank you good night okay. next time on gutter her life is in your hands 